0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 132 of Midweek Medigame. I'm Harry MGG, only joined by one of my regular co-hosts this week, a sieve. Hey, Harry. Hey, everyone. Well, sadly, this week, Pat cannot be with us as uh, Teddy is sick today again. Sad. Uh, sadly, he cannot be joining us. But um, hopefully he will be on next week as <laughs> I'm not on next week. So some consistency issues, but we're getting into things today. Anyways, um, we're going to be talking a lot about modern. Uh, both Gab and I have been testing the format, playing with a few decks, as well as there are two modern challenges to be looking at over this past week. So why don't we break down those top topics and uh, some nice decks that we see in the challenges as well as I personally have been playing Pioneer and there's a new Transmogify deck that I'd like to loosely talk about at the end of this episode um but it'll be mostly modern today anyways before we get into things as always the podcast is brought to you by card market for the for those who don't know what card market is it's a marketplace online to buy anything magic the gathering related it can be deck boxes singles accessories sleeves play mats please go check out card market they're amazing you don't even have to, have to buy magic the gathering things on there you can do digimon pokemon uh, flesh and blood Oh. You can even sell on there. You don't You don't even have to buy things. We love Card Market. They support the cast. They help us come back every week. And if you personally would like to support the podcast, then uh, the best place to do that is at patreon.com slash Metagame, where we got a new Patreon this week. Dan, thank you so much for supporting our content.
1: Thank you very much, Dan.
0: Yeah, um, while it may seem that uh, making a podcast is easy, it's really not. It's hard to get get back here every week, but you guys supporting us really helps us do that as well as Card Market, so appreciate it. Um, but yeah, honestly, there's not too much else to say, so why don't we hop into some modern things? What, what um I, I saw, you know, I have to bring this up. I saw today, or was it yesterday, you played Battle of Wits and Modern. Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> just
1: happened. I was playing Bant yesterday. I just decided I want to play a band control deck Was Ice Fang and Wall of Omens and Verdict. I felt like these cards would be pretty good in the meta. I think Verdict's kind of sweet, and having these cheap cantrip creatures would be good against Hammer Time, Murktide, I would think also against Living End. Uh, that would be pretty annoying for them, back, backed up with Solitude. And then I guess somehow battle of wits came up and i was like you know why not just play four color good stuff with battle of wits there's just so many good cards in modern anyways Mm -hmm. and yeah i I played the league of of battle of wits i'm still in the league actually i'm two and two i went oh two against blue white hammer time because i literally never beat that deck i think it might just be the best deck in modern and uh, i beat i beat the two other decks i played against i I beat a young deck and i beat
0: a four color elementals deck okay okay fair play do you think you're gonna get the three two is the deck actually good mm,
1: it's been tough you know the <laughs> i've really felt the the variance of the 250 card deck you know you feel it a tiny bit already when you're playing 80 but i've had a lot of a lot of flood and screws in my league already mm. so the deck is clearly kind of you know inherently flawed and that uh that hinders you but it's 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 decent it can win
0: nice have you had any actual battle of wits
1: wins yet dude very first game (laughs) of the league i get paired against yagmoth i was on the play i had a dash rag event on turn two which gave me a treasure and i cast (laughs) battle battle of wits of four on turn four Uh and the sick part is they had to kill the next turn so yeah and then I think I got another Battle of Wits win against uh, against Elementals.
0: Dang. Okay, maybe Battle of Wits is going to get into the meta. Um, ambitiously. Yeah, no, it's
1: it's pretty cool. I get to play Bring to Light. I had a you know couple Battle of Wits win, a Valkyrie or two. You know, won me the game. You can even it almost came up where you can allademrys called for Valky in the mid game, and then just play it as a seven drop. Or you can bring to light for it. I also played one Scapeshift and one Valakut since I had the four Bring to Lights. <laughs> and I got I got a kill, I got a, a Scapeshift kill too, even though that game I was, you know, I probably would have won was Valky. and you know, I, I was like super far ahead, so it was more
0: for style points. Wow. Literally you can fit every deck and modern in there. <laughs> just just casually like, yeah, I can literally play every deck in modern in my deck. Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> but I guess you have access to Yorin as well, right?
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. If you want to point. be really
1: ambitious, you can do Tree, but that's, maybe
0: you know. Lutri. <laughs> 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 Makes sense, I guess. Okay, cool. Well, I guess if we're talking about decks we play this week, I actually did play a league with, um, sorry, two leagues with Blue Light Control. First one went 3-2, but second one I 5-0'd, which was pretty cool. Um, beat Hammer Time in the finals for the win. I thought that was pretty nice. Something that I think I overlooked a lot is that um, it was a Mr. Cafulette list, and he was playing, or he plays, sorry, you know, three Fire Ice. I just ripped it from Challenge Top 4 from two weeks ago now. And, you know, the amount of times that I killed two X1s in the league was insane. I killed a ton of X1s. Um, and, yeah, I really like Blue White Control. I I don't think it's like a to- like a top, top deck, but I definitely think that it can easily do bits and... Um, what is it? Wandering Emperor overperformed for me as normal. I really like Wandering Emperor.
1: Yeah, Waffle has been doing well pretty much every weekend. It was was Blue White Waffle and Mystic but they're pretty much the only ones. They're maybe the only ones who play the deck still. I'm guessing it's good, maybe right, you know, tier two, tier one point five. But it seems that if you're just not world class control player, it it might not be a might not be good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm I'm always happy to play against it with four color. And I'm not sure how how uh, Merc deck does against it, but I saw Waffle lose on stream to to Doom Switch. Uh, that was one of his losses, at least. But yeah, deck is deck is definitely solid if you like to play control exclusively. Control, you've got literally, you know, one of the best, if not the best control tour in the world just tuning the list uh, hmm. week
0: in, week out, so can't can't go too wrong with the, the waffle list. Yeah, I actually um played against Javier Dominguez on Blue Red Merktide. Obviously I had to make that into a clickbait YouTube video, but um yeah I actually beat him on Merktide and I think that it's definitely um a tough matchup but I think honestly most of it was kind of determined by do they have you know one drops or not and I watched the match where Doom Switch beat Wafo and it was very clear that the games that Wafo were losing um, Doom Switch had multiple one drops on the table so you know um, Javier didn't really cast any one drops against me I think he was kind of just keeping The sevens, I I don't think he mulliganed in any of the games, but he also only had Ragavan on the game that I lost. So, I don't know, I I don't know hand on heart how good the matchup is, but I would say that when Pat and I were first playing Murktide, when it was first released, way, way back, Pat and I personally said that we hated the Blue Eye Control matchup because of Solitude and Prismatic Ending. So I honestly don't know how I would assess the matchup now because of um, Ledger Shredder. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Um, You said Hammer Time was the, the best deck in the format. I mean, if we look at the most recent Modern Challenge, specifically on the Sunday, we've got two Hammer Times, both in first and second, and then a Murktide Region deck coming in close third. So is there any specific reason why you think that you've been losing? Like, what is, like, a play pattern that you lose to? They're just killing you really fast? Or, what, your ruler spells aren't working? Or, you know... Because I, I personally haven't been, like, struggling too much against the deck. I would just say it's kind of, like... I don't know. It, it feels like it hasn't changed, I would say. Yeah, I think I'm just
1: cursed. That's my <laughs> most rational explanation. But, um... No, I just... I just literally never beat that deck. Anytime I get paired against it, I lose... It used to be the case, basically it started being the case when they started splashing. First it was the Black Splash, and I felt like that was pretty strong against me. And now almost everyone plays the Blue Splash, and that's even better. Spell Pierce just wrecks me every time. Blacks me skill, that card's been really good against me. Mm. These two 1-mana spells just make your life really hard uh everything about the the list is is just so annoying the deck was already good and s- somehow it got almost better without without loris or loris had not had, had become way less relevant towards towards the end but um yeah i don't know i just never beat that deck and you've got happy sandwich who i think top hit it and won uh on the weekend i think they're also trophy leader or second in trophy race I actually lost against them in the league too. I think hmm. once in the league, once once uh, they were one of my losses on 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 Saturday because I did I did top four. I think my second top eight of the year. I've had kind of the rough year was the challenges because I played them a lot and I um yeah I was going into weekend pretty confident. I've been just spamming Tide five or six leagues. Uh, I think my worst record in the league was. 4-1? Maybe not. Maybe I had one one league where I went two free where everything went horrendously poorly. And but um yeah, so that was cool. I got a little lucky on breakers. I started off six and oh, and I lost the last two. I lost to Monogreentron, and I lost to Blue Eyed Hammertown, I think. And then in top eight in the top four, I lost to Demonic tutors who was playing uh the usual Yogmoth, you know. And he, uh, yeah, he beat me. I, I think I messed up game three. I think I could have maybe won game three. I kind of missed a, a line with Lightning Bolt and Fury to kind of wipe his board. Mm. And yeah, the, the deck the deck was good. It's weird, though, because I think Murktai is really good, but if you look at individual matchups, I don't feel like the Hammer Time matchup is great. I don't feel like the Living End matchup is great. I don't feel like, you know, four-color Omniath... Isn't Nestle great. So if you look at, you know, head to head against the top decks, it's not like oh it has like some really good matchups there or not. But I the deck's just super solid. You know, it's super fun to play too. Just got kind of game against everyone. There is a ton of these decisions. The the cards are pretty fun. You know, I mean, it might not be fun for your opponent to lose to turn one ragavan, but it, it is it is a it is a fun deck to play. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I personally have really liked Murktide. I've just, um, I'm so, so used to it now, How however many months it's been at the top. But one thing that, um, you know, I think is, to me, is that I'm very solid on now is that Ledger Shredder is easily the best, one of the best cards in the, in the deck now. Oh, and I see that your list here, you've gone down to two Murktides as well. I guess kind of because we've really been tuning Murktide on the podcast, are you happy with your distribution of creatures. I also see an, uh, an unlicensed hearse in the main. Are these all decisions that you're still happy with? Not
1: 100%. I was super high on, on Shredder going into the weekend, and I'm still really high on it. I think the card's really good, but I think maybe you should play more Merc Tides. I think right now I'd play 15 creatures. I would play the 8-1 the drops, 4-4 four four, um, Ledger Shredder, and I would play 3 Merc because... Shredder makes Murktide better in some ways. You know, you get to to fuel your graveyard some more. And if they use their removal on, on Shredder, maybe it's harder to kill Murktide. So I like that part. The one hearse was just... Basically, I didn't want anything else. I didn't want the four lightning bolts. I didn't want the second spell pierce. I didn't want the third Archmage charm. So I just played one of my sideboard cards in my main deck since... The card is good in the mirror, and the card's good against Living End, which Living End is almost impossible at Game 1. It's funny, because I don't remember playing from the Living End side having such an easy time beating Tide in Game 1. But, yeah, that matchup's just felt so, so bad. Mm. I am kind of light on the counters, I guess. I only have the two charms and the one pierce. I saw Canister. I like the list he played on. Uh, I think the list he played on Sunday had... Free Shredders, free Regents, two Spell Pierce in the main, and I thought that was a good mix. Lightning Bolt, actually, people, you know, been trimming Lightning Bolt and suggesting to trim Lightning Bolt to make room for other cards, and I kind of like the idea, but Bolt's been kind of good for me. Just tons of Mirror, some Risen Reef, and just burning people out is it, pretty good. Living in is, is so tough, game one anyways. So I don't think it's the biggest deal that you have that, you know, kind of deadish card. And even even against Living End, maybe that's like how you can win game ones, just blitz them, hope they take you know, hope they get a little unlucky with their lands and have to shock a bunch. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can just finish them if you get lucky drawing two or three lightning bolts.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've definitely played against Living End a lot, and that's one thing that um I really struggled with as a Mert player because even if you have a counter spell, spell pierce or whatever, they just try and Living End on your upkeep and then have Force of Negation back up or they just grief you. I've I've played it, you know, a lot of the time grief uh sorry, a lot of the time Living End either has grief or force of negation or both. So I completely agree with how you feel that Living End's terrible matchup. Um but I'm not really too sure about the bolts too, because I remember when I played Doom Switch's list. The one thing that I felt so bad about in Modern is a lot of the time you play your Ragavan and you can't attack because um, a lot of people go for having blockers rather than removal spells in, in some creature matchups. And the Hammer Time, I guess it's specifically the Hammer Time matchup to be honest. I really dislike how a Knight really wrecks you in game one and like you burn your the Stoneforge Mystic, they have the Pure Steel Paladin, things like this, so... You know, I think it's really hard to fit everything in. And, yeah, I, I don't know how to do it, so that's what I'm leaving for the rest of the pros to work out.
1: Yeah. I was not super high in Spell Pierce with Shredder. I feel like there's a little lack of synergy there. I'd rather have more, um, you know, more one-drops, more spells I can just fire off with Shredder. Um, I'm not sure. I do feel like Spell Pierce is pretty good when, when they play it against me, uh, yeah maybe four four bolts is good it's good in the mirror it's good against hammer time and it it's good against resin Rafe, i guess if people play that version of omnath that's i feel like those are the, the most played decks i did play against a lot of different decks on saturday i think i played maybe a couple mirrors but then i played against a bunch of different decks i played against affinity once i played i don't even remember but i played a, a, against a pretty 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 wide array of, of decks and yeah if you look at my sideboard i was playing two more hearths in the sideboard and two uh relic of Progenitus. that's how I scared i was of living end on top of that i had the one fluster storm because i think yeah that matchup game one is really tough and you just need to draw a lot of these cards to beat them i think in hindsight maybe you want the second fluster storm you want to be a bit more you know a little more well-rounded, not just be all in on artifact hates, but I do like artifact hates because you can just play them and not have to worry about griefs and force of negation later in the games. But a good mix, I think, is nice. You do need, it's tough, because you do need a lot of cards against them. You you need kind of critical mass of hate cards because of grief and force of negation. But at the same time, these cards are not super useful in a ton of matchups like Hurst is is really good in the mirror. By relic of progenitus, you don't really bring it against anyone. I think it's decent against Yagmas actually, but it's not like amazing. Fluster Storm is okayish in the mirror, but I don't even always bring it in. So it's pretty pretty narrow sideboard cards.
0: Mm. Um, you, you talk about affinity. Did you play specifically against sos six that came tenth in the challenge?
1: Yeah, I did actually, they're, they're actually one of my subs still on Twitch uh, and we played and I beat them with my, you know, people were talking about affinity and it was showing up a lot and I actually played a Hercules Recall in my sideboard. I decided yeah. to cut the the second Fury out of my sideboard that I had mostly for hammer time and, you know, I figured Hercules Recall might help me against hammer time so it was an okay swap and yeah, I just wanted to have that, that that out against Affinity, which seemed like a toughish matchup. And what I like about a card like Recall in this deck is you see so many cards with Tide, You know, the games are going to go... You know, you're going to see maybe at least 15, 20 cards. Mm. So when you have these super powerful s- silver bullets for a specific matchup, it's not quite, you know, having an Z against Mill, you know, where they're just going to mill you at some point, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. But you do have that effect of you see a lot of your decks, so these cards go go up in value. Um, Unfortunately, there's not too many cards like that that you can play in your side where, you know, Hercules Recall or I guess Shatterstorm if you want. Blood Moon is a bit, you know, the same. That's why I only play one. You could you could play a second one. It has won me a decent, decent amount of games. Maybe it's a mistake to only have one, but same thing, you see so many cards that, you know, just having the one might be okay. You know, in the same vein you could maybe cut the, I was playing two explosives, maybe if you're trying to trim cards, you could trim trim an explosives. I haven't played against Rhino a ton lately. I don't know if, if you ran into Rhino, but I ran into Rhino zero times in my last, what, What's it? six leagues, five, six leagues plus 10, 15 matches in, in challenges. That's 40, 45 matches almost, and not Rhino a single time. So for those of you wondering what the meta's like, a ton of Living End, a ton of Hammer Time, a ton of Mirror. I think the Mirror might have just been the matchup I've played the most. Hmm. And I've done quite well, which is always, you know, nice for my my ego. It plays a lot like a Control Mirror. There's a lot of jockeying where you're just, you know, you can't just jam your spells every turn you have to you know be mindful of counters, tags their mana, not just let them use their counter spells efficiently and untap. You know, the most common spot a lot of people who play modern will, will know it's you know, you just don't want to just play your spell into their two mana counter spell and have them untap cast iteration and then, you know, they're just far ahead at this point. So that that's been pretty, pretty fun to play. I yeah. had yeah, the, the, the hearse originally I had it for living in and cards been insane. I think it's actually better in the mirror than it is living in. I've just dominated games with them was it. And actually the, the one mirror I lost, I think I, I lost one of the games or maybe both games. I just lost to hearse. They just had hearse and I was, I was helpless. Hmm. My channeler suck. My, my, I couldn't cast my Merc tides and eventually they just started, you know, attacking me for lethal or just Abbots, you know, so mm. that card's been
0: super impressive in the mirror. That makes sense. I was just um, mentioning that affinity deck because I've actually played against not this specific list, but a couple of times in leagues, I've seen a mono blue affinity with the reality chip. And it's kind of like experimental frenzy because they would play a load of artifacts, play the reality chip, equip it, or, was it, Reconfigure, I think it is, specifically. And then yeah. they have all these... Um, I don't know what, how you pronounce that. so Sojourners, Companion, Mirror Enforcers, Frogmites. And genuinely, they went from, like, three creatures to, like, 12. And I couldn't win. I don't remember what deck I was playing in mod. Oh, I was playing my crappy Blue Moon deck. Um, so, yeah, I just couldn't win. No sweeper. Reality chip messed me up. But um no, I was just thinking, I was surprised because both monobly affinities I played against had reality chip. And the one that came tenth here in the challenge doesn't. So
1: Yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen reality chip out of that decaton. The stock list I don't think plays it, but what one card they play now is Cliffhaven Kitesail. I'm not even sure which that cards from, but it's a one-mana artifact that just attaches to a creature when it comes into play, and it, it's an equipment that just gets flying. Huh. So it's a little bit like Shadow Sphere, except it attach for free, which I guess is pretty cool with the Urza Saga sequencing. You know, when you go end of turn, make a token, on tap, make a token, get the kite cell. And if you made a token, you might not have the mana to equip a shadow sphere. So yeah, kind of kind of sweet. I don't know who came up with that, but I've seen uh, I've seen that card a lot.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I think that's Zendikar Rising if I'm not mistaken. But um I have, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. No, it's nice to see affinity back. I think this is a deck that we really haven't seen in a long time, especially since Hammer Time seemed to be the better artifact deck. But honestly, it cru- it actually kind of crushed me. Um I think it was like a 10-minute match. They just aggro me out both games. Yeah, it's
1: kind of deck. It feels like, especially if you're on the draw and have the good hand, there's nothing you can do. They just can do completely obscene things, as Hammer Time can do. There's also the blue-eyed version that I played against recently that's pretty still solid. It plays uh, Ingenious Miss and Portable Hole, and Portable Hole was really good against my Shredders.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, What I was going to ask, or I guess bring up is, I recently did... um a tier list for modern and i personally believe that living end blue red are the top two but i also put in uh kind of my top four decks in modern right now i would say or living in I put as the top two and then the next two i had elementals and hammer time um now looking at this top eight i kind of see all of those four on the sunday we've got how many? Two Merktide, two Hammer Time, a Living End, and Elementals with Yogmoth and Crushing Footfalls to finish off that top 8. And on the Saturday, we have what? Tron? Oh, kind of more of a mix. But we do have still have Hammer Time and a Merktide region in the top 8 there. I don't know. I guess the reason why I bring this um, evaluation up is because you were kind of strongly... Hammer Time is the best. And I guess... In terms of conversation, do you kind of agree with me on my top four decks? Yeah, I do actually. I I would have the same four decks at
1: the top. I'm not sure exactly in which order. Right now, I've had to guess. I would say blue white hammer time number one. Damn stuff, and then I feel like it's. I mean, I feel like it's almost a four way tie, honestly. Yeah. I put these these four decks are just so good.
0: Yeah, I think I think I put it as living end, living end, Murktide is the best, then Hammer Time, and then Elementals. But I honestly, I think you could make an argument for either of these four decks to be the best in the format. And I guess kind of what I w- was thinking of is um, there isn't really one way to beat all of them, and that's what I really like because this format is really healthy. I mean, looking at both of these topics, okay, we have repeating decks, but to be honest, I think this is kind of where you want Modern to be. You can play any of these four decks and you can easily win a challenge. I'm I'm super happy with it.
1: Yeah, and I might be biased because I've played a lot of Living in, Murktide, and Omnath, so I know firsthand how good these decks are. It's possible that, you know, if I played a bunch of Rhinos or... Play a lot was you know Yoggmoth and got comfortable with these eggs. I would feel the same way about them.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess but... one thing in my tier list that I was confused not confused by Yoggmoth is obviously decent in the format. I put Yoggmoth at tier one point five because what I've heard is that Yoggmoth has a really good blue red Murktide matchup. So my argument was, oh, if if Yoggmoth is good against Murktide. Which is one of the best decks in the format, then it must be somewhat decent in the format. Um, and I guess from someone who just top aided the modern challenge with Murktide, you lost to Yoggmoth. You know, do you have an evaluation on that matchup specifically?
1: Yeah, I think this matchup might actually be decent for Murktide. I think I Ooh. wouldn't be too unhappy to play it. I think the graveyard hate is actually pretty good against them. Okay. I think Hearse and Relic is are good. I'm not hundred percent sure because it was kind of cool. So I played against demonic tutors, and the next day I went to watch the VOD from his his point of view. And during sideboarding, people were you know asking him if he shouldn't bring in Force of Vigor for my hearse and my relics, and he's like, I don't care, you know, I only care about card like Pithing Needle, which I think is is right. But I, I agree that he probably shouldn't bring in Force of Vigor, but at the same time I think that deck just doesn't do as much anymore. If you have a hearse going, and every time one of their creature dies, you can get it. Mm. It's not like they can do anything. Uh, you know, d- it's hard for them to have enough resources to to just be okay losing their creatures, uh, their high scald, you know, persist creatures every time they die. And you know, even a card like Ragavan. If you're on the play and you go turn one Ragavan, they go turn to turn one young wolf. You go turn to hearse attack. Not, you know it's not that bad anymore i actually was i was happy i lost the match but i did win game two was uh, ragavan you know typically people board out their ragavans in this matchup and i i do too sometimes but i actually felt like on the play i'm i'm willing to gamble it was all the the graveyard hit i was bringing in since i was bringing all the hearse and all the relics i felt like you know if if i went Ragavan and he went wolf and i had a, a relic or a hearse it was it was fine. It was an okay trade for me. And you've got the free roll because sure, they have some young wolves, but most of their one drops are just birds and, and hierarchs and whatnot, you know? So you're, you're going to get through. And to my next point, don't board out Ragavan. Or, you know, people board out Ragavan too much, or maybe not the good players, but a lot of people, they see Mem nights, they see. Cheap creatures and they're like, oh, Ragman's no good. They can block it. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, it's that's the, that's the downside. You know, the, the the floor is okay. You trade with a Memnite. You've traded down a mana. Uh, you know, the the ceiling is Ragman just wins you the game. And I think it's worth it. I like it against Sentinel. I like cheap creatures. If I play against a Sentinel deck, I hate boarding out any of my cheap creatures, even if they're not spectacular, because. It lets you play in the early turns of the game. And, um, you know, the, the one matchup where I do board out Ragavan almost no matter what is Amulet Titan because it is, it is miserable. You know, you want to board out your bolts anyways. And Grazer against Ragavan, that one feels, you know, super bad. On top of that, they have really bad hits because they have half lands and then most of their cards are just useless. So that's a, a matchup where Ragavan really sucks. But yeah, don't board out Ragavan against Affinity because they have Memnite. Don't board out don't board out Ragavan against you know Hammer Time. And even, you know, on the play, I think it's okay to have Ragavan against Yagmos, actually. Okay.
0: That's surprising. I actually do I do board out I I don't I need to go back and check to be honest, but I feel like I do board out some Ragavan against Memnites. to be fair. So you caught me red handed
1: yeah well you know it's kind of my hot take i, I might <laughs> be wrong but i feel i feel somewhat strongly about it and yeah i feel like in general people get a little skittish and boy out dragon too much from from what i see in chat you know maybe maybe people who actually play the deck don't or maybe i'm wrong but a, a lot of times something pretty pretty common that i see uh people talk about
0: yep so I actually don't follow demonic tutors, but I know he's a very, very good player. Is he like main kind of maining um, Yoggmoth? Is that his go-to deck? Yeah, definitely his go-to deck.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm not an avid uh,
0: tutor's viewer. I don't
1: watch a ton of Magic stream in general, but I think he plays challenges. You know, he plays the other formats sometimes. But yeah, that's what he's known for, I guess, or that's his his pet deck and the deck probably the deck he's had the best results was
0: okay yeah that makes sense no i'm just curious because i really d- didn't know how to evaluate moth so i i honestly just guessed but um that makes a lot of sense i guess for me the way i always lose to moth because i played against it a couple times it's not into the moth just to grist the hunger tide a lot of decks that i play that just grist the hunger tide does so much work yeah
1: it is. It it I've tried playing Grist in a few other decks and it was not very impressive. You know, technically you can collect it company into Grist, hmm. but I don't know what how else you you know, you round out the deck. But in that deck, they have a ton of one mana creatures, they have the, the persist creature that's literally the the per, close to the perfect deck for grist, you know. They they can tutor for it was uh, Eldritch Evolution, you can just sack you know, your one wolf, Young Wolf to get a, a thingy or your Useless Mana Bird. its You can tutor for it for it. It deals with Merc ties, it deals with creatures, it pressures people, it can take over. It's so, so good in that deck, yeah.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I was um, also evaluating Four Color Omnath, obviously, because that is a somewhat playable deck in the format. But honestly, I feel like I've gone down on Four Color Omnath i just um i i i don't know why but i i've been seeing less of it i also don't re- i'm not really incentivized to play it right now because of its price to be honest but yeah. seeing i i put it at tier 1.5 as well and my reasoning for it was that i feel like although it has a load of removal spells i felt like really at the end of the day prismatic ending is kind of your best one as, as well as Renin six and when you don't have them i feel like you struggle quite a bit Against yeah, against specifically like um very cheap cheap low to the ground decks
1: i'm not sure i feel like in my head you know in theory i feel like if you take the top four decks four color on F, might actually be the best one to play in that you know, if it was a four deck metagame, and mm. even decent against, it's really good against blue white control. It's not so good against rhinos, I guess. What are some of the other? It's it's decent against Yagmas, It's decent against Tron. What else do people play? It's not so good against people who have the card um Torak in their deck. Torak <laughs> Dreadcanner, but
0: yeah,
1: I feel like in theory four color should be decent against Tide and hammer time and be able to hang in there against uh living in 2 was a proper uh proper hate I guess living in would be a little tough I don't know all these decks co- all these X run so close together and i I still not sure if I like the elementals version was risen reef better than the just regular version you see just both do well um, so I only played it very little Was Risen Reef, and I was not particularly impressed.
0: I think that my, my kind of judgment on why I would go for Elementals over 4-Color Control is that in Elementals, you gain way more value from your Elementals compared to Control, because Control, you're using your Elementals to get value from your Planeswalkers. Whereas in Elementals, I feel like you just get your Elementals value as well as Ephemerate, and you still have Planeswalkers. So I guess you're kind of adding Risen Reef as a Planeswalker in the deck, in the form of a creature. But yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I am just looking at them through, you know, through other people playing it. So I can, I'm easily could be wrong. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm just kind of guessing to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It is good when it gets going, but I've definitely had games where casting, spending free mana for a resin ray really felt incredibly underwhelming. Yeah. So someone who made top four this, or second even, God of Slaughter had two copies of Broadback in the list. That's the, the white, white instant speed that lets you bring back up to two perns that went to your graveyard this turn. So mm. I guess you combo. Technically, you can go turn to fetch land, solitude or fury and bring back a land and the uh, and the elemental or or oh, late in the game gosh. i guess uh so it'll be pretty decent kind of little little card advantage tempo all in one package They actually were yeah they were not playing resident reef so they didn't have ephemerate but yeah they did have the two copies of broadback you can also just set up double fetch land, turn two plays wow it's gonna cost you a lot of life but could be worth it
0: yeah, I actually know God of Slaughter. Um, this is a UK grinder, Charles Charles E. Shout out! I haven't tested with him before, but I've hung out with him on Discord, and yeah, he's a really smart guy. Um, that that is really insane tech though. With Broadback. That, that that being said, apparently I'm getting word that he was
1: tricked by his friend, and that Broadback was actually pretty bad for him. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, obviously caught my eye. I think it was who Mengushi who liked that card. Who was playing with that card a, a while ago?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I remember. Make it that. work. Play dress down, or you could put abundant growth on a fetch land, fetch, and then get both abundant growth and fetch land back. Have I hooked uh-huh. you? Uh-huh. <laughs> or yeah. dress down? Wow. Yeah, it's probably just it's probably just a hook to be honest. Yeah. It's like just a pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be honest though, eighty card deck, just draw it when it's good? No. It's probably just it's probably cap. Okay. I have been seeing this Rakdos mid range deck also in the top eight of the Saturday Challenge. Literally just um what is it? Just going black red value. This one isn't playing Liliana, the, oh, it's in the sideboard, but I played against just Black, Red, red Midrange with Pyros, Liliana, Crocs, Ragavans and stuff recently in a league. They crushed me on, when I was on Blue, White, what a surprise. Just, honestly, I feel like these Jund slash Red, Black decks are just becoming graveyard decks with value creatures. Like, all the time, I'm just losing to their flashback stuff and whatever, and um, yeah, I really like the look of this deck, and I think they beat Wafo Tappa in the Swiss specifically because when I tuned into Waffo's stream, he was talking about a red-black mid-range deck that he lost to. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But it's playing um, the quote-unquote combo of Thane Death. Um, and are they playing the other one? The one? Yes. Malakir Rebirth, which yeah. basically... Uh, when the creature that you target dies, just return it to the battlefield, and one of them gives a counter, one of them just returns it tapped, so that gains you value for Grief and Fury in the deck, which you have four of each, and then, yeah, I I um I really like this deck from what I've seen so far, they they genuinely crush me 2-0, um, but I think also it's because people are sleeping on Dothri Voidwalker, that was a card printed from Modern Horizons 2, and... I feel like it hasn't really seen people have forgotten about it since lurus has gone away and that card just shreds i feel like these red black decks really have access to some really degenerate cards which is what they've showcased here in sixth or in fifth place by sprouts have you played against this deck yeah i actually beat sprouts they had
1: terrible draws against me oh yeah and i i beat them pretty easily I'm not a huge fan of the gimmick of grief and these cards on dying, malice, feint death, etc. But I could see it. I agree, Voidwalker is pretty obscene in some matchups. That's been, you know, red black's been around ever since. You know, especially with Voidwalker, I would say as as a two drop, it's it's okay. I'm I'm not super impressed. I loo- usually lose to to you know when i play these decks that just lose to torak that's usually the card i'm most scared about out of their deck mm-hmm. but yeah that one was pretty cool they were playing the the new the new fable of the mirror breaker that sees plays in pretty much every format except for modern doesn't see a ton of playing in modern mm-hmm. they're playing um you know season power and that card two copies and three copies they're playing Ragavan. I guess Ragavan can be pretty cool with the Undying Malice type of cards. You know, you just play it on turn one. You attack into their blocker and, you know, into a Memnite, a Sentinel, whatnot, a Young Wolf, and you can save your Ragavan. Maybe that comes up. These cards also, in theory, can combo with Voidwalker, where you just go, you know, you you have Voidwalker on taps, you, you play the card on it, and then you sack it to play the spell. You got a Voidwalker, and it comes back, so... Maybe there's just enough there. I like that there's you know decent amount of redundancy. They're also going for the cheesy wins that free blood moons in the main deck. It's hard. They just did nothing against me, so I was not very impressed. But maybe these maybe that deck has legs. Maybe there's a, a sweet sweet mix. You know, you you can find between the the seasoned pyros. I mean, all these cards are really powerful. It does yeah. look like it. It could be good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think. I think that to be honest, well, I'm. I'm definitely a, a deck hyper. I love to hype up decks. But yeah, no, I completely agree with everything yeah. that you said. Fable of the Mirror Breaker, though, is a card that I've been seeing a lot because that card is essentially a staple in Pioneer. So, I. I, I really like the uh, the card, and to be honest, it basically does what you want in Season Pyromancer. Plus, you get something that can copy things. So. How does Dothri Voidwalker work if you copy it? It says, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere. Instead, exile it with a void character. Oh, wow. So if you copy Dothri Voidwalker, mm-hmm. you can cast... Oh, that's pretty yeah. sick. Okay, fair yeah. play. Okay.
1: You know, there. the deck looks like it, it could be good. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe it's a you know, new iteration of the, the OG, just kind of value red-black, and that, that one just yeah i don't know
0: yeah.
1: you do get i'm sure you do get these weird hands that all these weird spells was the grief and mm. your hand looks just so trashy so there's probably a lot of variants but maybe it was fable and season pyro you can kind of mitigate that a bit but if that's your plan to just you know mitigate your bad draws with seasoned pyro and fable merit, that's not <laughs> super appealing either
0: yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The only thing last that I want to say about this uh, red-black deck is Chalice of the Void in the sideboard. Um, this kind of goes back to my blue-white control deck. I played two Chalice in the sideboard, obviously copying Mr. Caffilette, but I realized against um, Hammer Time, my Hammer Time, on the, I was on the draw, my opponent went turn one Sentinel, turn two Sentinel. And I had Chalice of the Void, and I had uh, what it? I had the, I had a couple options, basically I, I thought what was really cool is I played this Chalice of the Void on one, and I let them draw a load of cards, I basically let them draw a load of cards with these Esper Sentinels, and then killed them later on, um, obviously they play Prismatic Ending in the deck to remove it, but it was actually one of the only real true lines that would win me the game, and I thought that I don't know I thought it was a cool play to talk about on the podcast just you know you don't always have to worry about your hammer time opponent gaining value the chalice and the one um, really does disrupt them I think the logic as well is that um, they can only get the hammer time in play with either Urza Saga or Stoneforge Mystic so if you just kill or counter those and then just take the 1-1 beats it was pretty good. So I actually really liked Chalice of the Void specifically there, as well as we've talked a lot about Living in Rhinos. Obviously play that on Zero yeah. there. So I think I'm high on Chalice of the Void right now. Could be results-based thinking, but because they do play things like Prismatic Ending to tackle the chalice. But yeah, um, yeah no, I think that that's kind of my last thing in Modern
1: they have Teferi too, so can you imagine if you had just played the Chalice, they draw two on tab, they <laughs> the Teferi, they do Chalice. Yeah, the yeah,
0: yeah. I actually
1: saw, saw Wafo, and he didn't bring in the Chalice stand against Murk Dines, which I thought was surprising. I mean, I guess now with Shredder, it's a little worse than it used to be. Yeah. But I feel like cards should be good. The games go so long, and you have so many one mana spells. So I wonder if he, he does the same against Hammer Time. Maybe he just brings them in Min on the play, or maybe he just doesn't. Maybe they're just there for Cascade cards. Just be there to be played on zero.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. I, Wafo has definitely had some very interesting takes. People always tell me his sideboarding strats in the chat, and they do end up making sense. Like, he takes out four Counter Spell against Hammer Time, for example which is something that I was hmm. surprised by, but I did it and I won. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then there were there were other things, but like, I, do, I don't run off the top of my head, but I'm surprised he doesn't bring in Chalice. That, that is that is surprising. Yeah. No, I mean, as far as modern goes, I mostly
1: played, you know, Mergtide. That's what I've played a lot of. I don't know what my plans for, you know, next I I might go back to to full color. Mm-hmm. I might keep tuning Murktide. Murktide's been a ton of fun to play. I you know just keep keep trying to figure out the perfect mix of of Murktides and Shredders and whatnot, and uh, keep keep tuning the sideboard. Keep getting more more familiar with the matchups too. I I did you know I I, I did make a bunch of mistakes over the weekend so. No, we'll see, but um, no, I guess that's that's it for me as far as modern goes. Ooh, it's a bit of pioneer. Yeah, what do you play?
0: Well, as normal, just grinding mono green. I think that mono green is easily my one of my favorite decks of all time in Magic. Um, genuinely, this deck. <laughs> while this deck seems to be brain dead button clicking, I feel like there's a lot of decision making and. This is like the most amount of money I think I've grinded from a single deck in a season. So Okay. But um apart from that, there are actually some pioneer things to talk about. I won't just go on about green again. There's literally no changes to my list, so I'm not gonna talk about that. What I'm gonna talk about is um I've been seeing a ton in leagues, I think in the past three leagues, I've played against it three times. A new trans uh, transmog mog, is it transmogify or transmogrify? How do you pronounce
1: Magrify, it? I think, the second one.
0: Okay, Transmogrify. So there used to be in Pioneer the Jeskai Transmogrify deck where you'd play Fires of Invention, you'd play Agent of Treachery, um, and then a load of stuff around that in Yorion. But that deck disappeared because it was too slow. They were getting run over by Winota, even though they're playing sweepers and mono green, it, inconsistent, whatever. That's gone. But now they're I played against Doomweek, actually. He was live-streaming the deck. I thought it was just one of his meme decks, and then I played against it twice again. And it's just um, Red-Green, Transmogrify. You're playing removal spells like Strangle, um, p- power, world ki- power Word Kill. Um, I've played against the Mort. What is it called? Like something Mortar, the 2-mana 4 damage with Overload. Um, and basically, you transmogrify into the titan of industry which is a really fast clock or gains your life against burn or destroys an enchantment which is very relevant against green um, or an artifact i should say and then in the sideboard they can swap out the plan from titan of industry to void winnow Winnow winnower which is the it's a nine mana eleven nine uh colorless and it says, I believe it says your opponents can't cast spells with even CMCs and creatures with odd CMCs can't block. So Something like that, yeah. I, I believe that's it. It's really good against Winota and it's really good against green. Because you do it against Winota, they can't Winota. You do it against green, they can't Karn. Um, you can't, well, specifically Karn and Storm. Um, so I think that this deck is in a similar position to where Greasefang was I would say about a month and a half ago when I was talking about that and it's that we have all these different color builds because some people are playing Jund to play black some people are playing um, green red I mean you don't even have to play green red you could just go back to Jeskai um, and I think this deck is really well positioned And what I'm wondering is, because I haven't played it, is how it lines up against Blue-Red. Because this kind of leans into what I would like to talk about in Pioneer today. Because every time I've streamed Pioneer, 50,000 people have come in and asked me about Spike's opinion. Spike tweeted out basically saying that from his experience in the format, it'd be better if Winota, Lotus Field, Dig Through Time, and Treasure Cruise were to be banned. Um, And what he basically says is it discourages diversity, and they're pretty unfair to play against. And while I am trying to be less of a ban kind of, I don't know, advocator in, in most formats, what I would like to say is that I feel like this is what we're coming to in Pioneer. I think that a few weeks ago when I was talking about Pioneer, it was great. We had Nykthos, we had Blue Red, um, we had Red Black Sac, we had Jun Sac, we had Red Black Midrange, we had Mono Red Agro Winoda, whereas now... I don't even think Winota is that good anymore. Winota has gone from a really good deck to, honestly, I feel like more like an RNG kind of deck because of how much removal is in the format. And I feel like, honestly, like two two out of five decks in a league will be playing Treasure Cruise and then one of the other ones will be playing Dig Through Time. I think that what's happening now is... The format is really streamlining to become extremely degenerate. And the way that all these decks are getting better is just by focusing on all essentially the cards that are banned and Modern. Um, and that's where things are going. And I won't really comment on the ban talk because I don't really care about cheering for bans. But what I would say is that I think that while I was saying Mono Green was the best deck... Um, whenever we last talked about on the podcast, I think now leaning towards the best deck is most likely, um, is it Control or is it Phoenix? I think that they've really streamlined their lists. Galvanic Iteration plus um, the Temporal Mystery, I think it's called, the one with Delve.
1: Trespass, I think.
0: Yeah, Temporal Trespass, yeah. Um, I think that because the blue-red decks are becoming so good, all the playable decks in the format of Pioneer really depend on how well you play against removal spells. And I think um, that's specifically why I'm not really a fan of Winota as much now, because obviously it's really hard to trigger Winota if you have no humans on—sorry, uh, non-humans on the table to attack with. Um, what I do like, though, is that if Blue-Red is becoming the best deck, then you have Rakdos mid-range most likely getting really good. Because Fatal Push is really good against Thing of the Ice. Um, So maybe there's going to be some sort of balance here where it's Blue-Red, Rakdos, and decks that beat Rakdos. But I honestly would say that the Pioneer format is getting quite repetitive right now um, than what it used to be. Like, I haven't seen Grease Fang since I genuinely last talked about it on the podcast. And I play Pioneer more than Modern. So... That would, I think, kind of summarizes my thoughts on Pioneer. But you should be worried about Pioneer, right? Aren't the isn't the PT kind? Of, I guess it's too far away. But when when do you think you're going to be picking up Pioneer, Gub?
1: It's Not for a while. I don't know. Right now, I feel like as late as possible. I'm not a fan, and it sounds like Pioneer is not great right now. The only only thing that makes me happy about Pioneer is I just see Claudia H EH win with five color Nev still somehow despite all these other decks you talk about but yeah i had a few questions ai hey, is wondering if all these blue red legs do they all play ledger shredder now or just some of them play shredder none of them
0: so i think when shredder came out everyone was trying to play it but now the only time i see shredder out of a blue red deck is um from specifically like blue red prowess where they play sprite dragon mm. soul scar mage monastery swiss sphere treasure cruise and then shredder to fill the graveyard i don't yeah. i haven't seen a shredder cast in a long time i think that thing in the ice is just so good in the format right now everyone's just focusing on that
1: yeah and as far as transmogrify goes i'm actually not surprised when you were talking about the deck i thought that's where you were going because i've played the deck in pioneer light you know explore on arena <laughs> and i got a list from someone and they had titan instead of agent as well in their Luke, Catherine, Smugger, deck. And I was, you know, a little skeptical, but I gave it a try. And literally the first four matches I played, Titan was just amazing, just much better than Agent would have been multiple times, just winning me the game in spots where Agent wouldn't have, you know, against Aggro, against Red, like, you know, Anvil deck, killing Artifacts, the live gain, everything about it was awesome. It is worse, I think, if you're playing some kind of pseudo-mirrors, and they have Agent in the main deck, you actually do have Agent in the sideboard. I'm not sure if Doomwake had... Oh, I guess he said he had Void Winnower in the sideboard, so that's kind of the alternative. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Just super powerful cards, just takes over the board, gets, gets you an extra token if you want to keep going the turn after that. And I know Spike was even... Playing as one of his reanimator targets because you need a non legendary creature for persist. Mm. And after Archon of Cruelty, there's not a ton of choices. I think maybe Sarah's Emissary is still a bit better, just solo wins in a bunch of matchups. But mm-hmm. Titan of Industry is just definitely a really cool card, really cool top end card, and nice transmogrify target, nice reanimator target. Um, yeah, as far as Pioneer goes, I have not really played the format much or watched any Pioneer recently, so I guess I'll just just take your word for it. I just had these few questions and
0: yeah. No, makes sense. I think that that uh, that's it really, to be honest. Do you wanna wrap things up?
1: Yeah, I um You know, I just wanna shout out real quick. Uh, Jabberwocky, who won both standard challenges on Magic Online, super impressive, with wow. his uh, PT deck, was the deck he played to, uh, you know, he got enough wins with it to qualify for Worlds, and Jan Merkel won the tournament with it. It was Jeskai Hinata. I played the deck on the ladder. I was impressed, and I actually played um, these metagame challenges on Arena. The way they work is you buy in and you play until you lose once. So it's like you lose once, you're done, And you can go up to seven wins. And if you get seven wins, you get pretty decent prizes and stuff. So I gave it a couple try with that deck. I lost round one both times, some aggressive decks. And then I played a third one with Grixis and I got a couple of wins. But yeah, it didn't make it very far. I also played my first arena quote unquote league. They're called events, I think. And they're the same concept as leagues on Magic Online. You just play five matches no matter what and you get prizes for your results. Obviously, it's arena economy, so you can't really make a profit, but you can just farm prizes to not have to spend money when a new set comes out. Mm. So they're pretty cool. I, I don't, they, they were kind of popular. I, I queued really fast every time I found an opening really fast. So I haven't got them into them yet because I was also playing a bit on the ladder trying to get to Mythic. But. Yeah, it would be actually cool if somehow you could combine these events for prizes and the ladder and not have to... Because right now you kind of want to play the ladder to qualify for the arena qualifier, get at least top 1,200 or top 250, or you can just win these planes. I guess, if you don't want to grind the ladder. And then you have these events too. But yeah, just a little... I thought it was pretty cool and figured i mentioned. mention. I also played a tiny bit of Explorer but not too, too much to report on that front.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. sick. So you're you're not finding it too much to balance all these formats?
1: A bit. I like Modern a lot right now, and I want to play some Explorer because it's the format for next month's qualifier. The last qualifier was last weekend. It was limited. I didn't even try because I would have had to win one of these play-ins, you know, kind of last chance qualifier for people who didn't finish high on the ladder and it was a format i had never played so i figured okay i have to win these last chance and then I have to do really well in the qualifier it just seems so unlikely so i didn't even try but i'll i'll definitely be in the mix uh in explore next next month
0: sick okay cool um so i guess wrapping things up we should do yeah. life on the line
1: for those who are listening
0: it. don't know what life on the line is theoretical tournament when the event you live you lose you die Go bring a deck list from every forum we talked about today. I'll do Modern and Pioneer. You don't have to do Pioneer if you don't want to. But in Modern, I will be playing... Hmm. In Modern, I'm going to be playing... I think I'm actually going to be playing Blue White Control. I know it's risky, but I think I'm okay-ish with my Hammer Time matchup. And okay-ish with my Merc Time matchup. And I'd rather play a deck that I'm really experienced with than a deck that I think is better than Blue White. But less experienced with. In Pioneer, though... Can you guess, surprisingly, Mono Green. Same logic in Modern. Rather play a deck I'm super experienced with than one I'm not. Um, but what about you, Gab? Yeah, it's tough. For Modern,
1: you know, maybe maybe Hammer Time, but as you said, experience really matters. So I know it's a hard deck to play. Uh, oh, man. I guess for me, it's between murk Tide and, and some Omniv deck, but... I think I can get Merc Tide to, to a spot where I'm happy with, you know, all the top matchups and tweak the main deck, tweak the sideboard and, and be happy. So I'm going to go with put and Merc Tide. And then Pioneer, whatever, you know, Niv-List, Claudius playing, I'm probably <laughs> trying dead trying anyways.
0: Okay, okay. That makes sense. Well, we got to pick a card to do on card market today. Is there a card yeah. this week? Oh, we could do Transmogrify.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be really cheap. It's more fun when you
0: pick like Ooh, a card okay. that's more
1: expensive, that has some...
0: Is Titan of Industry a mythic?
1: It It is, actually, I think. We could do Titan. Have we ever done Merc Tides? Uh
0: I don't know. Uh, probably. All but right, we right
1: can let's, do it do, let's, let's do Titan of Industry. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, okay, I've got a price. Is it actually mythic for, for sure?
0: I'm... I would presume so. It has a lot of yeah, text on it. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: presume so too.
0: And it's from the latest set. Chat says mm. it's a mythic. Yeah, latest set.
1: Okay. I've... Let me think. Okay, I I have a guess.
0: Okay, Three, two, one, four. 12. Oh my god! Four euros for a mythic for a playable mythic. Yeah. So we're going to cardmarket.com. Sponsored the podcast. I
1: shot it. I thought twelve was actually pretty reasonable.
0: Like not too high. Titan of industry is. The price Cry trend high. for the past thirty days is five euros and thirty-one euros cents. Let's go, baby. Dude, I'm so bad. <laughs> every time, every week we set yeah you overshoot. I'm just, I undershoot.
1: I'm just up there, you know, living in my ivory tower, totally detached from real life uh real life problems and how much is a loaf of bread? How much could seven dollars, <laughs> seven seven Euros?
0: How much for that banana? I don't know, ten bucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, GG's, GG's. But as always, Gav, where can you find you on the internet?
1: Yeah, you can you can find me on the, on my street, stream on twitch.tv slash yellowhat. Um you know, or in my ivory tower apparently.
0: <laughs> Li- living Above Murmor Mermortals. Awesome. Um you can find me on YouTube, Harry MTG Daily. Well, it's called Harry MTG, but I'm uploading daily. Um, yes. Oh, dude, you were talking about bans re-
1: earlier, and I was like, yeah, you're actually the unbanned guy now.
0: I'm the unbanned guy? Why yeah, is that? Yeah, you
1: want, you want them to unban everything in modern and start <laughs> from scratch again.
0: Have you seen the video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, like, the intro is so funny. That took so long to edit. But yeah, no. Yeah, I was
1: impressed. <laughs> it
0: kept going on and on. I was like, how much time did he spend? How much time did he spend on the intro? Um, my brother did it. it took like two hours he did, <laughs> yeah did you pay him uh yeah yeah we agree for a revenue split but um Ooh. yeah yeah but um what is it no yeah uploading daily i'm, I'm just kind of talking about if i'm doing a talking video i'm trying to talk about things interesting like i don't the, the point of that video was just kind of like let's do a no ban list modern format and then start banning cards and just keep modern separate and see what happens but i don't know that, that was kind of a meme but yeah genuinely speaking though I'm uploading daily on YouTube trying really hard to edit everything um, try, trying to get my edge over other YouTubers putting my money where my mouth is so go check me out there but um, I, there also have been a lot of people commenting on my YouTube saying like oh here from the podcast so thank you so much for supporting us and going to actually see our content because if they're going for me then they're obviously going to yours Gab Um, and I guess if you made it this far into the episode thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you And thank you to everyone listening on Spotify. We've recently passed 1,000 followers on Spotify. I think we're at 1,300 right now. So thank you everyone listening on Spotify as well. But um, yeah, I guess that's from me and I guess we'll catch you guys next week.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for listening everyone and hope, hope you'll have a great week. Take care.